1: Alright, welcome to Locked on Mavericks for Tuesday, December 20th. We are brought to you by SeatGeek. And I would advise you to download the uh, the SeatGeek app or uh, check out the website, SeatGeek.com. Um, because they're going to gather up all the tickets for you and put them in one spot so you don't waste time hopping around the internet, having a bunch of tabs open, missing out on the best deals. They'll grade the deals for you as well. A, uh, a green dot is a, uh, a good valued seat. A red would be bad. Um, for instance, Lions at Cowboys. Uh, coming up this Monday night. You can get on that. Cotton Bowl Classic, January 2nd. Um, Wisconsin versus uh, Western Michigan, I believe. That's going to be a fun one. Go check that out. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers already on sale for April. Um, all the things you want to be at and all the tickets in one spot for you and, uh, and graded and evaluated for you before you even go there. So throw the uh, SeatGeek app on your phone, and uh, I can save you 20 bucks. You go in there, you hit the Me tab. There's a nice little bar that says Enter Promo Code. And you throw the promo code LOMAVS in that bar, as in Locked On Mavericks, LOMAVS. And it saves you 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase via the app. And uh, there you go. Saved you $20 on an event that you wanted to go see anyway, so you're welcome. Uh, my name is Mike Marshall. You can follow me at Machine Sports. You can follow the show at Locked On Mavs on Twitter. He is Jacob Kemp. You can hear him all this week, 5.30 to 10 a.m. on The Tickets. Uh, Jacob, how you feeling, bro?
0: Hanging in there, man. Hanging in
1: there. You got a wild-ass week, but, uh, glad we could get some time to sit down and do this for, uh, for Tuesday, December 20th. We are part of the larger Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Check out Locked On Cowboys, if you will, or, uh, Locked On Fantasy, or just Locked On NBA, if you get some time, but the Mavericks did have a basketball game last night, uh, in Denver. Not very fair to schedule a back-to-back uh, flying up to Denver, but thus is life. Um, another beautiful Mavericks loss in which they were pretty competitive, but uh, ended up with a an L, a, uh, a demartation on the right side of the ledger that uh, that we like to see at this point in the season, as sadly as it is. 117-107 in Denver, and there wasn't really a chance for the Mavericks in this game coming off a of back-to-back flying up to Denver. And uh, this Denver team was a completely different team than what we saw 18 days ago. Um, They have made some adjustments in their starting lineup. You have to remember that 18 days ago was the very ass end of a six-game road trip for them, and I think they were just ready to be done with it. Um, But you throw Jokic in there, who nearly had a triple-double last night. You throw Gary Harris in there for Will Barton, uh, and he had 16 in the first half. And you throw Wilson Chandler in there. Who went 17 and 8 on 7 of 13 shooting, and Denver's a different animal at this point. And uh, <coughs> pardon me, and they've had a couple good wins over the last couple days. Um, they beat Portland at home, they beat the Knicks at home, and they just beat the Mavericks at home, which is probably not a great win, but you'll take that thing. And there's worse things you can be in this league than a than a really fun young team that wins at home.
0: And it's still just kind of trying to figure it out. I mean, yeah, they're still obviously trying to sort of sort through what works and what doesn't work for them. Jokic looks like they're better off with him in there than Nurkic, and they can't play both of them. So, right as I scan teams for big men that might be available, not a I don't love Nurkic's game, but I I think he's serviceable. Yeah, uh, Wilson definitely. Chandler might have been their best scorer. He's now not. I mean, last night it was Gary Harris going nuts, uh, but. Mm-hmm. Wilson Chandler was coming off the bench probably you know you can do a lot worse in your uh, bench than having Will Barton on the bench as well especially if you're bringing Farid off the bench they still have Jameer Nurkic takes the DNP Moody a seven assists to one turnover I mean I think that they're pretty good and yeah. I think that they're pretty good whether or not they're average below average slightly above average it all comes to how they can sort of unlock their lineup combinations that work Who's on the in and who's on the out because it's not going to be, it's not going to be a Jokic Nurkic combination at the four or five and, right. That's what's weird about where the Mavericks are right now is that I I definitely think that there are four or five teams that have guys who just can't play together and are too valuable to be on the bench.
1: Yep. No, they've got to. I mean, because they've been so, um, they haven't been like awful, just like top three, top five pick, but they've had consistently top ten picks, and uh, I mean that's where you. You have Kenneth Freed on your bench. You have Jamal Murray, who everyone pretty consistently thinks is going to be a badass two-guard, maybe play some uh, some on-ball point down the road, and that's going to push out either Gary Harris or Will Barton or um, even Moody at some point down the road. So they've got a lot of toys to play with, and you said it perfectly. is If they figure out lineups that work for them, they can challenge for that eighth seed and think they're one game behind um, – Portland right now, or they're a half game behind Portland right now, who they beat the other night and scored um, 132 on. So they're super fun. There's a lot of upside. The talent is there. You just kind of have to put it together. And I hope they do because I like that team. They're complete. Like, what we saw 18 days ago was not them. That's not that team because that was a wake-up call for them. Like, losing to the Mavericks and getting, getting their ass beat by the Mavericks, honestly. Yeah was a wake-up call for them. And Moutier's played great since that moment. Um, The switches in the lineup have worked. Um, I think everybody was saying this probably weeks before it happened. Uh, Even I saw a Wilson Chandler tweet that was a question like, someone sent him a question, why aren't you and Jokic starting? And he was like, dude, I just work here. And uh, so the the Rumbles were starting weeks ago, and they finally shifted it up. And they're downright scary um, if they get rolling. And uh, they did a number on the Mavericks last night, particularly from the three-point line, as, uh, as teams are prone to do. Um, it's weird in Mavericks games where both the teams go to the midcourt and both shake hands and agree not to defend the three-point line. <laughs> but uh, I don't know why they keep doing this, but the Mavericks are still the worst in the league at defending the three-point line, allowing 40% uh, from three on the season with twenty five attempts, the only reason those that number of attempts isn't up more is because the pace that the maps play at. So they're trying to limit your shots, but it's like it doesn't matter if you're shooting forty percent. I saw a I saw a really funny quote from uh, Jokic um, because the previous two games he got like really early foul trouble. He said that uh, he's referencing Mike Malone. He said Mike told me he was going to beat me if I made more stupid fouls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which is I mean, perfect. Especially if you're dealing with a kid from uh from the eastern port from Serbia, you know, yep, you can yep. kind of get away with that sort of those sort of <laughs> threats, <laughs> right? Like Adam he-
1: Silver probably
0: perked his ear up, like,
1: wait, what? Huh? Oh, it's <laughs> just <laughs> jokes, Adam. It's cool. Just hilarious jokes as he's holding a bat with like nails that have been spiked through it. <laughs> um, we did get the return of JJ uh, J. Barea, which was fun, and uh, he's been gone for about five weeks, and he played pretty well. Um, real spark in the first quarter, um, nine points in the first quarter and, uh, we're nearing the return of Dirk and Bogut is probably after your New Year's Eve party, uh, most likely, but that's on the horizon and, um, operation show off AJ Hammonds for a couple games so you can trade him away is fully in, uh, in force at this moment, um, because he played... What was it? It was 16 minutes the other night against Boogie in a game that the Mavericks won, which the Kings had no interest in being in Dallas, Texas at 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Um, But he got 16 minutes the other night, played okay, didn't make a shot, but played okay defense against Boogie. And he's, I think, the most tangible thing I can say about A.J. Hammonds at this point there's two things. One, he can actually shoot the three, which is kind of frightening. And two, he plays super nasty. Like yeah. he is, he throws his weight around like few people do, and I don't know if that, I don't know what you get back in a trade if you include AJ Hammonds. But if anybody is going to trade for him, or if you are going to float him around, you at least need to have some tape of him. And I kind of feel like what, that's what they're doing with him.
0: Yeah, and I don't. I'm not so sure that the uh, Dorian Finney-Smith thing is all that different. They may be more trying to develop him for themselves than Hammonds, but, uh. The idea that, like, even right out of the gate, he was playing way more than Justin Anderson. Yeah. One of those guys I wouldn't be surprised if they're not here next year.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's that was my next question, is after um, DFS, after his his big game against the Kings the other night, um, I noticed that he hasn't shot below 50% from three in a game since the 10th. And the two games prior to that, he shot 50% and then 66%. And granted, they're only usually on two to five looks. But he's... uh, Hold on, I'm going to send something to voicemail. Someone's calling me. Okay. Um, He's shooting really well from three. He's obviously further ahead in the learning curve defensively than anybody should be in their, what, uh, 25th game of professional basketball. And I don't know if I'm if I'm just mentally trying to recalibrate what I think of him or if um, we have a little bit of found gold and he is what I wanted Justin Anderson to be Um, because he slid in there very nicely. Like I'm not going to overrate the kid and say that he's like a building block for the future necessarily. But I think there's more there than we had anticipated because I I remember somebody asking me at the beginning of the season, do you see any kind of future for Dorian Finney-Smith here? And I'm like, no, man, they've done this before with – Deshaun Stevenson um, with uh, Adrian Griffin with uh, even I think Greg Buckner when he was here where they would start a just strictly defensive-minded wing player so that they could unlock a lot of different things um, on that end of the court. Um, Am I wrong in maybe adjusting my expectations of Dorian Finney-Smith and his, I guess, overall value and upside?
0: No, I think he's actually a perfect case of – I don't want to say what's wrong with the NBA as far as draft evaluation, but it's the pure fact that he was a four-year college player who transferred and missed a year—I think that's the only reason he didn't get picked. I mean, what is he 24 now, about to be 20 or about to be yeah, 24?
1: He's 23. He'll be 24 on May 4th. Well, so
0: I think that's part of the reason. I mean, he—he he arguably had considerably better college stats than Justin Anderson. Yeah. Um. Justin Anderson had, like, one good year. They're similar uh, in that neither one of them are very threatening with the ball in their hands, not shifty at all. Um, most of their shots come on catch and shoot, and both of them seem to have the length to defend the perimeter. But, I I mean, I don't know, dude. I think I think at this point you should consider him either a guy that can be an attractive piece in a trade, or a guy that, I mean, like we said the other day, when Austin was on, Austin from Money Moneyball tweeted it, he'd probably go, like, 20th if there was a redraft.
1: Yeah. So no, you should it's... you should
0: think of him like that. You should basically think of him as a guy who was drafted about 20th in the first round and has shown about that level of talent. And those guys usually don't end up being superstars. A lot of them don't even end up being starters. So mm-hmm. to me, it's not necessarily being a homer to say, this dude looks like somebody that the larger NBA scouting community probably missed on because they don't want to draft guys that are going to be 23 or 24 in their first year in the league.
1: Yeah, no there's such a stigma um when it comes to that. And I guess long term what the question I'm like grappling with uh inside my own head is if we don't have a great option in filling the small forward slot this offseason would I be okay if they invest big time in terms of, you know, top 5 pick and point guard and invest big time in uh in a center, would I be okay with Dorian Finney-Smith starting at small forward next year? And is that a formula, a lineup combination in which you can succeed with? And I don't know what he would have to do the rest of the season for me to check that box and just nod and have no problem with it, but that's kind of what I'm kicking back and forth.
0: Well, it just, to me it just depends on, he can be a starter if he's like your fifth best player in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I would It. – I'd prefer him be a guy who comes off the bench, but if he's out there with, you know, one of our dream lineups that we've kicked around that involve Matthews, Barnes, a pick, and a trade, and he's just – he's out there as your three or your two, and Barnes is at your four, and Matthews is at the three of the two. Dude, the, the Clippers have been winning like 62 games a year playing Luke and Mute. Yeah. <laughs> like their other good four boy. are really good, but he's also way better than Luke and Bahamute. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's possible. It's just a matter of what else you have around him. And to me, I'm, at this point, a lot more excited about him than Justin Anderson. Even though Justin oh, Anderson, course. over the last ten games, has bounced back pretty nicely.
1: Yeah, no, he's been, he's been fine. It was just those, like, 15 before that where I was like, good God, man, this is your opportunity. You
0: just can't get caught up in it. It's just going to be, you know, the end of the yeah. year and you'll evaluate then.
1: Yeah, and I think if Finney Smith um, continues to shoot from the three... At this level, I think I could talk myself into that. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, there are there are lineups in the league in which you you know, one thing doesn't look like anything else, and it's because defensively they're so strong and because of their defensive versatility, honestly, like he could easily slide up and guard fours, and I bet he could guard some twos. So if it unlocks a bunch of things on that end of the floor and he's not a liability in the sense that he can knock down the three at a you know, plus thirty seven percent clip. Uh, at a regular basis, and only have to shoot maybe four to five of them a game, I think they found something and I think yeah. he 's exactly what I wanted Justin Anderson to be outside of the <laughs> the vertical the chase down blocks and the uh and the crazy dunks that Justin Anderson can pull off
0: yeah, I totally agree i hope he's uh i hope one, i hope at least one of them. It's like a, is here in two years. Let's just say that. I hope one of them is here in two yeah. years as a as a rotation piece or a sort of a back of a mix starter.
1: Yeah, and I think I think that's a win for a uh, 21 overall pick and an undrafted guy. If you throw enough of the enough of those guys in a room and you get um, you hit on half of them, I think that's a formula to build a team around. Like hitting on late lottery picks. Um, that's what good team good teams have a bunch of those dudes. <laughs> yeah, for I sure. Mean, Look at Denver. But, um, all right, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back with you uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow is a game day. They've got – who the hell do they have? They have uh, Portland late tomorrow night, 9 p.m. So, uh, we'll watch that, and we'll probably preview the Trailblazers a little bit tomorrow morning. But uh, thank you for listening, and, Jacob, thank you for your time. All right, man, I'll see you.